Levi and Hancock, Brother Jared Hancock, and Brother David Post, Brother Matt Calhoun, if you would come and join me on the platform. <clears throat> I, uh, last week, uh, asked uh, <clears throat> Brother Reagan and Brother White, and uh, of course, knew Brother Rogers was speaking Wednesday, but and Brother Jim Hoskinson, my dad, to say something on Father's Day. And I did appreciate all the words, all the testimonies, and all of the things that they said for us today. Now, you, can bring, you can bring one of them up here, Brother Matt. It'll be all right. It doesn't matter. We can babysit. Uh, but I do appreciate all of our senior men and not only those that spoke but all of our men we had a great number here this morning didn't we what a great crowd of men and this past year has been racked with changes for all of us due to covid we've worked from home all of a sudden i uh i i know it's, um, you know, driving to Columbus has been exciting at times because you can drive all the way and hardly get into traffic and uh, no matter what time it is and uh, it's now getting a little worse and all of those things. And there's been a lot of negatives, but um, I, I have been privileged to know all of these young men and I know uh, all we have numerous other men and young men and that I'm equally proud of but this year was quite a, a trial for the Hancock brothers and their wives and between you and I and don't please don't tell any of the Hancock brothers but they all married above their heads they, they, they got great wives, uh, Tabitha and uh, Anne and, Sha and uh, 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 Jennifer and uh, Bree. Uh, they, all, they all married above their heads. They all married very good, professional, very uh, wonderful wives. And, but I do appreciate these uh, four uh, brothers. And of course, we hear often from Brother Shane and Brother Nick. And um, I thought last Sunday, I thought, I want to hear, I want Brother Jared and Brother Levi uh, to uh, at least uh, uh, have something to say. Because I know not only for all of us with COVID, I know Brother Levi's worked in the front line. I know there's been, but they've, they've battled uh, dealing with a big transition with their parents, with and we met numerous times and prayed together and bound together and believed together. And I watched as they uh, held on to God and they have married the church. And I appreciate that about all of them. And so I guess we'll go in birth order from brother, we'll, we'll take, you wanna go first or you want Levi? All right, brother Jared. Let Brother Jared Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Whoa, I sound like that. Oh, okay. Well, first, I want to thank the church. Um, 
for all the prayers and the words. Uh, my family has gone through a battle. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> it really means a lot. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, Hebrews, it says, you know, you need a church body. Uh, I don't know how people without a church body survive. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, uh, when pastor first asked me to speak, I thought you were kidding. Uh, I really did. It wasn't until you walked away, I was like, oh no, he's serious. Uh, uh, you know, when pastor asks you to do something, you do it. And uh, that's, I couldn't figure out what he wanted me to talk about. Father's Day, talk about the rapture, talk about politics, I didn't know. So I just thought, you know what? It meant a lot to me this week. When pastor asks you to do something, you do it. So, uh, you know, this is a, a message none of us haven't heard before. Um, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they must do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Our pastor is not here by accident. <clears throat> he, <clears throat> I'm sorry. He, he was put here by God to lead our church. <clears throat> and because of that, he is expect, it is expected of us to listen and to obey and to follow him. We have to be submissive to him. Um, you know, if he asks you to do something, you do it. Uh, it's, it's our biblical duty. It says so in Hebrews. Say okay. Say yes, sir. Salute him. Whatever you have to do. Just do it. No back talking. Uh, do it. No negotiating. You can't get out of it. I'm up here. Uh, you know, and you have to have a good attitude about it. If you don't have a good attitude about it, it's not going to work. Uh, and I'm sorry, this won't, I won't be long. I'll, I'll be, if you're here all night, you're going to have to blame Matt or David. Uh, um, you know, we have to obey because he rules over us. You know, this is his job. His job is to lead us. He cares for us. He has a burden to see our soul saved. And I can speak from experience. <clears throat> he is a wise man. Levi, you have big shoes to fill. <laughs> if you haven't seen his tie yet, it's got Jet and Joy on it, the name of his children. He's a, he's a great dad. We love him. Thank you, Pastor. I uh, really, really appreciate the words from my brother. Getting to hear him speak first, and I share his sentiment. When you asked us to speak, I thought it was a joke, too, at first. So. Thank you. I, it truly is an honor 
I, uh, to be able to speak up here from this pulpit in front of this church that I've been a part of all of my life. Um, I can't believe how truly blessed I am to be here, how lucky I am to get to bring my children and my beautiful wife every single Sunday to hear uh, the message from all of our pastors and preachers that speak from this pulpit. And I really do appreciate that. And I can't believe how lucky I am. When Pastor did uh, ask us last week, and he didn't give us a lot of direction on what he wanted us to speak about, he just told us to go ahead and go. He didn't ask to see my notes beforehand either, word, either way. Got a little nervous about that too, but the first verse that came up into my head almost immediately when he started talking about this was Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Hear ye children the instructions of a father and, uh, excuse me, Hear ye, children, the instructions of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. And I just kept thinking about all the instructions from my father that I had received all my life, and all I can think of is how grateful I am for this whole church and everybody else, all the men, and all the uh, uh, wise guidance I have received from this church and everything. Uh, I truly am blessed to say that I was raised in this church but from birth. I was always coming here. And I had parents and a father who always made sure that I was here every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday. And uh, I am truly grateful, and I acknowledge how blessed I am uh, that I was raised in the truth. And I always got to see uh, a wonderful church family that was always there for us. Uh, I. Uh, uh, don't really want to admit this, but I was a little bit of a wild child when I was growing up. And I wanted to take this moment uh, more than preaching or teaching or saying anything else, but to thank all the men in this congregation because you don't know how uh, amazing and how much of an influence you guys have had on my life from teaching me how to be a man, be manly. Are we allowed to say that? Be manly how to fish, how to camp, start fires, all good fires. <laughs> I don't think I burned down anything I shouldn't have. Uh, but as I look around this room, I would literally be acknowledging almost every man in this room if I wanted to say how much uh, or how much of an influence you had on us. And Jared was right when saying how much guidance we received from pastor uh, is overwhelming. And uh, again, I just really wanted to thank everybody for what you guys have done here. Uh, uh, I lost track of my notes here, which isn't surprising at all. But uh, ultimately, I just mostly wanted to say thank you for everything that you guys have done. Your guys' prayers and your guidance and your guys' willingness to be there for us is truly overwhelming. And we feel it all the time that you guys are always part of our family and that you guys have always been there. All I want to do is provide for my children jet and joy, just like the way you guys have raised me to be. Uh, and I can't say enough thankfulness, how thankful I am for hearing that. I'm very thankful for my older brothers, Jared and Shane, who went before me and became fathers before me. I want to be a dad just like you guys are, wherever Shane is over there. And then Nick became a father after me, and I see how he treats his children, and I wish I had time to go back and be that way as well. So I really appreciate my brothers and everything that they've done too. And so again, everybody in this church, all the men, if I could single you all out, I would. I'd probably leave somebody out that I really don't want to, but thank you to everybody.
I really, truly do love everybody in here. Why don't we stand right now, pray for Mike and Gaynell, and pray for this family just for a moment. Just ask the Lord to bless all of these brothers and their families and extended family. Let's pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for Levi, Jared, Shane, Nick. I pray, Lord, for their spouses and wives. And Bree, Jennifer, Tabitha. Lord, I pray for their children. I pray you will just plant them deeper in you. Let them grow in knowledge and in grace. In the name that is above every name, I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings to us. Touch Mike and Gaynell. Let them, Lord, see, hallelujah, how important it is to recenter their lives and focus their lives on you, Lord. They raise these boys right. I pray that you will touch their hearts in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Brother Matt here is one of our newer fathers. We have several new fathers, but um, I remember some of the first times I was in the office with Brother Matt and he was uh, interested in dating Rachel and we have uh, loved this family and loved Brother Matt and seen God move and use and strengthen him. Knew, of course, his mom and dad and, and uh, we're so thankful that the Lord about five years or so ago moved him back to Newark. We love you, Matt. Amen. Amen. Levi was right. I might be a while. I'm just glad that they didn't wear their uh, Christmas suits. That would have stood out. And yeah, you're welcome for teaching you how to be a man. And so, <laughs> I love these guys like brothers. And I think that's, you know, evident in the church. I, obviously, I love this church. Um, and to, you know, Jared, you were trying to choke back the tears. I might just have to let them fly because, you know, my spiritual father um, is, is up here. And a man that, at the time when my dad passed was able to step into a, a role of advice. And, um, it just meant the world to me. And I, I wanted a picture to go up there. I, I don't know if it's going to go up there. And there's no way I'm going to be able to look at that and not, you know, not see it's my dad, right? So I remember this, this picture. And I remember this day um, because I got to dress just like dad. And uh, if you notice, we got our three-piece suit on. And uh, I remember it really because that's actually probably the first time and the only time that I kissed him on the mouth. We just weren't like that. And there's something about that moment. I just remember, yeah, we're not doing that again. But we, we got it on, on, on picture. And so I, I remember this moment and this came up today as I was looking through my thread and, and, and I saw this picture and I remember my dad and I remember he picked me up, stood me on the table and all day I walked around in my little three-piece suit and I was so proud to dress just like my father. 
and I was so proud because I looked just like him. And now I find myself in the role of a father, and what I realized was my dad taught me how to be a child. He taught me how to grow up to become a man. And then I, and I, and I can take things from him as far as a father goes, but what really taught me how to be a father is having children. And that's really where I, I was able to glean some stuff. And Romans talks about that there are things in nature that all men are without excuse because there are things in nature that are evident to us of God. And one of those things to me was fatherhood and really becoming a father and really starting to understand a little bit about what being a dad was. Now, here's a catch. All my kids are nine and under. So if you've got teenagers, you, you can tune me out and we'll talk in another 10 years. But I deal with 10-year-old problems and nine-year-old problems and I got a seven-year-old problem and five-year-old and now I've got four-month-old problems. And, and speaking of four-month-old problems, so I, yes, I'm an older dad. We've, sp we've spanned this out. We started a little later. And, and I was driving while well, we were in the neighborhood and Ella was up on my lap. It was the middle of the day. She was driving the car around the neighborhood and we came up upon some contractors, an old guy, and we were talking to him and I said, uh, you know, just making small talk and, and finally he looks at Ellen and he goes, you teaching grandpa how to drive? <laughs> and, and I was hoping that I'd make him feel a little bad about that. And I said, well, actually, this is, this is my daughter and I have a four month old. He didn't miss a beat and he goes, well, good for you, man. And I realized that he was saying, you know, for being so old, I still had it, you know. And I've learned a lot about being a father, and I've learned a lot about patience. Uh, because it happened again then two weeks later and somewhere else. And it's the story of my life. But, you know, I will say this, that in learning how to be a father, one of the, I mean, don't pray for patience because you will get children. And God will develop patience in you. Just like he develops love and he develops understanding, he develops faith. They're not just given. They're, they're, they're things that he develops in us and things that he, that, that he grows in us. And Brother White was so right. I don't know if you realize the spiritual point he put today, for, but it hit me. When he said this was the summer solstice, Rachel is working today. And for me, this has been the longest day of the year. So, but by the way, but I wanted to talk about this moment that I have here on the, on the screen and about what I remember about wanting to be like my dad. And now that I have kids, I understand my father a whole lot more. I understand what it was on vacation days to be home and him saying it's time to clean. Why? Because he did not want mom to come home to a dirty house when he had been home all day with the kids. What did he do all day, right? So I understand things. I understand the patience. I understand him and the frustration at times because I remember when I had uh, you know, two babies that were 16 months apart and oh my gosh, there's just, there's so many things that I look back and I catch my dad doing and what I find is that like the scripture is true. I am, I'm doing the things that my father did. Not only do I look like him, but I now sound like him and I act like him. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Now you guys don't get, and get to know my dad, but anybody that knows my dad kind of understands that. And so I remember a very specific story and I'm gonna tell a story that's gonna kinda, it's probably one of the most embarrassing stories about me, but we're family now. You love me, I know that, I love you, so I'm gonna share this with you. 
But when I was in second grade, I peed my pants at school. And it was humiliating because I'm a second grader. Second graders don't pee their pants at school. But I had asked, and this was a Christian school, and I remember we had to wear dress pants and dress shirts, and they had those steel chairs. There was no cushion. It was a steel chair, which, by the way, is not very absorbent whenever you pee your pants. And you just sit in your, you know. And I had asked, can I go potty? Can I go potty? Can I go potty? And, I, I, and to the teacher's defense, I don't feel like I did that a lot. But in this instance, I was not allowed to go to the bathroom. So it wasn't like I didn't know this was coming. I knew that this was happening. I knew I had to go. And, and no, you can't go. Wait till re- it was in the morning. No, you can't go. No, you can't go. No, you can't go. And I remember just really, I mean, the, the pain, you know, how they, you're uncomfortable. You're in pain. And you know, the, the sense of relief you feel when you finally, you know, get to go to the restroom. Well, that happened to me while I was in my chair. And to this day, there's never been a time when I felt more relief than that, that moment, then realizing, oh my gosh, I just peed my dress pants. And so I, I sat there and finally I really, you know, I, I had to tell him I peed my pants. And, and all that is fine, that happens, right? So I can understand, this would not have been a monumental moment to bring dad into and get anybody involved, except for the fact that no one called my parents to come bring me a change of clothes, right? Oh, oh, poor Matt, right? How sad is that? I still, I, I don't know what the statute of limitations is for a lawsuit, <laughs> but we know we'd be suing today. If you let a kid sit in his pee pants all day and get made fun of by the third graders, we all know what would happen, right? So talk about embarrassing, right? Humiliating, I'm sitting, I remember my one friend Brian was the only kid that would hang out with me that day. So here I am in my pee pants, and, you know, it's starting to dry by the end of the day. And I went home and I, I told dad when he got home from work, I said, I said, well, I said, I, I peed my pants today. What'd you pee your pants for? I said, well, and, and my mom, you know, steps up. And from what I remember, she said, well, and nobody called to tell him to get a change of clothes or that we need to bring a change of clothes. My dad didn't even sit down for dinner. He said, Matt, get in the car. I said, where are we going, dad? He said, we're going to the principal's house. And, and I thought, oh, I guess I got to go apologize to the principal and tell him how sorry I am that I, you know, pee- peed on the metal chair. I don't know. I mean, and I remember walking up to, to, to the house on the porch. I remember all the kids were out. There were some kids out playing in a, in a field. And I remember my dad saying to me, he said, Matt, he said, go play with the kids. That's all I remember saying. And I was getting ready to be like, you know, sorry, principal calling her. I didn't mean to be, you know. And he said, Matt, go play with the kids. Now, I don't know at the time what was said. I can imagine what was said. I can imagine, because this was a little bit of a smaller school. But I remember when he got back in the car, he looked at me and he said, Matt, he said, if you ever have to go to the bathroom again, he said, you just go. He said, if they say no, you just go. Now, listen, as a dad, I know what was probably said in that moment. But I learned a principle, and there was an authority that my dad had placed on me. And I remember walking to school the next day going, let them let try to stop me from going to the restroom today. Because <laughs> my dad said, I can go. My dad's given me an authority that I don't have to listen to what you said. Now, I guarantee I would have gotten away with that maybe one time, right? We, we know the reality of it. But in my second grade mind, 
There was an authority that my dad had allowed and placed on me that basically said, like, I'm not bound by what you say right now because my dad told me something else. That I'm, I'm basically, I'm given to a higher authority. And that was the authority I learned from my dad. Now fast forward, and I'm now my own, I'm having to deal with bullies in school and, and things like that, and I, I could place that, some of that authority on my own kids in that instance. I'm trying this first digitally. This is the first time I've done digital and my phone keeps turning off on me. Normally I like to write out what I was going to say, but... And there's... When I remember, okay, the next step I was going to say is that there's, there's, there's an authority that comes with being a father that he is, and I realized at a young age that he was in control, and he was the one who would answer ultimately the principal. Because if there was going to be a problem, my dad was going to be the one, hi baby, that my dad was going to be the one who was going to step up and was going to be the authority. He was going to be, my dad was the higher authority than the principal. And that blew my mind. Because there were times I got in trouble with the principal and my dad totally sided with the principal. But in this specific instance, if I had to go to the restroom, I was going to be allowed to go. But now I'll fast forward to me getting ready to be a kid or a, a father. I remember when Reese was going to be born and there was a story in the news. And I, I, I tried to research it. It wasn't Harambe, the, the gorilla. It was another time when a, when a child fell into an animal enclosure. And here I am, I overthink things. We've talked about, I overthink a lot of stuff, things I don't even need to think, overthink about, I overthink it. And I'm sitting there laying in bed and almost having a panic attack as I'm getting ready to be a new father, thinking if I had a child, would I be willing to face down like a wild animal for this child, right? I know it sounds silly, folks. This is what goes on in my head like at 2 a.m. when I'm just laying there because I hadn't been a father yet. So I didn't understand that, that level of commitment, that level of love. And I just remember like agonizing over this decision. Like, would I have the, the, the gumption? Would I have the strength? Would I have, and then in 2016 when Harambe had, again, it reminded me of that moment that I had because I hadn't been a father yet. I hadn't experienced what it was to grow into the father. And all of a sudden now I see this child, this little, this little baby, this love and you realize that you would jump into a cage with a thousand gorillas if it meant he had a shot at surviving if he thought he had if you thought he had a shot at living because he knows that he has a dad that's got some power and authority to protect him and so the fact that we see so over and over again that God's love is revealed to us by things that happen in this world, we see that God is the Father. And so we have a Father that loves us, that protects us, that has a sense of authority. And all these things sound, sound great. And all these, things are, all these things are like part of being a father. Until in the moment when your child messes up and does something they shouldn't do. And Reese has a way... When I get upset, Jensen kind of gets, you know, stubborn. Ella's just too cute to, you know, do, just punish. And I just, I, you know, she, she melts me. 
She has this, I call her be brave face. If I yell at her, she gets her be brave face on. Hold back the tears. But Reese, when I would yell or when I would get frustrated and maybe even, he has a way and he did it, the first time he did it to me when I was, was two years old. And here I am in all my authority and all my power and all my, you know, you shouldn't do this. You should know better than this. What are you, you know, two years old, three years, whatever it was. And he would, I would never forget the first time he did it. He just opened his arms and he said, Daddy, please. Dad, he just held out his arms. And, him, and, and he's still, I don't know if he does it intentionally now because he knows that, that I'll get it. But there's forgiveness that comes when we open our arms to our Father who has all the power, who has all the might, and we say, Daddy, please. Because there's a difference when they want to argue and they want to fight and they want to tell me how I'm wrong and how I'm ruining their day, how I've ruined their life because I took away their screen time. But there's, when they come with a humble heart and a humble mind and they simply open their arms and say, Daddy, please. And I do believe that when we, get, when we, when we mess up, when we're living this life, we can go to our God who has all the authority, all the power, and it's something as simple as saying, Daddy, please. Daddy, I'm sorry. And, and if anything, to me, that's been what being a father has been about, is not being perfect, but showing them a God that loves them, that, lo that cares about them. And on a side note, my litmus test was always if I was going to do something, would I, if I had to tell pastor, <laughs> how would that conversation go? Because people always, like you say, if I, had, if I had to ask you, I know what you would say, so they don't ask. But that was always my litmus test. Because you need a spiritual father. You need somebody. You need one of the men in the church. We need people. And it's okay, Levi, to talk about manliness in a world that talks about toxic masculinity. It's okay to be a man and to love your children and to be all the things that a man can be. And thank you. You know, Jared, for talking about what a father is, because he's been a father to all of us and a mother to all of us. So I love you. I love the church. Remember, we have a God that loves us, forgives us, and as sim simple as daddy, please. Love you. Amen. Beautiful, great words, and so true if we humble ourselves before him. And I, I know we have several young men, and I do appreciate my son-in-law, and he is <clears throat> a son to me. I met him before, of course, I, I don't even know if he knew Sheena was on the radar. He might have, but um, he had won um, some sort of an award, and yet he had made a commitment to play for a youth event and so he chose rather to play for that event and rather than to go and get that award and they were awarding him as a, a section three uh, someone young man uh, upcoming and and i was able to take him to that and watch him get an award as a young man could tell that the lord had his hand on him and as a father, Brother Matt, and I know you talked about 
I didn't have a biological son, but you will lock horns with your son and Ella's just too cute. Well, as a dad, I had two of the just too cutes, you know. And I did lock horns with them a few times, but not as many maybe as I would have a boy. My wife used to accuse me and say, the Lord couldn't give us a son because you would have killed him. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but it, uh, that, was, that was my uh, testimony. And I watched uh, Brother David come into our family with um, a critical eye, <clears throat> not trying to criticize, but in other words, just you better tread softly, son, because that's my baby. <laughs> and you're in our family and you want to see a, a tiger dad. And he has uh, quite exceeded my expectation in so, so many areas. And I really mean that. He's a great father. I've watched him father. Um, he's a great husband, a great son. And uh, that's because he had two wonderful parents, I'm sure, that helped raise him and the, the Lord. So I love David. Love you, David. Great. Uh, I won't, uh, I won't be long-winded. Matt already took most of the time, so. <laughs> uh, but do have a, a few, uh, scriptures, um, you know, when I, I was thinking about, um, what my role as a father is and what I have to hold myself accountable to, and, and really it's, it's all of us. Um, you know, there's no better place to look than Lamentations. Not really. Uh, I, I did try very hard to find something in Lamentations, uh, just because it's an uplifting chapter or book of the Bible. Uh, but I did go back to the law uh, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, uh, verse, verses 4 through 9. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, the only Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and your entire being with all your might. Uh, and these words which I am commanding you this day shall be first in your own minds and hearts. And uh, I'll stop there for a, a moment, but uh, you know, you look back at the law in the Old Testament, lots of laws. Lots of things that you shouldn't do. Lots of things that you should do. Uh, and then Jesus came on the scene in the New Testament and, and narrowed it down to this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, uh, and, and love others. And uh, yet here, uh, we already have that first commandment simplified. And what is, uh, I think poignant about this verse 6 is if I'm going to instill this in my children, in others, uh, in my spouse, uh, that it's got to be first in my own mind and in my heart. So I've got to be able to think about this and I've got to be able to feel it. And it says, then you shall wet and sharpen them 
so as to make them penetrate and, and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. You know, we've heard the verse about iron sharpening iron, and if you've ever watched uh, a forging uh, of a weapon occur, um, it, it's a very violent activity. Uh, it's iron, steel, hitting another metal and pounding it into shape. But here it uses a little bit of a different analogy. When you look at sharpening something, uh, typically you would wet it and then you would start shaping and smoothing and refining that edge. And as a father, uh, I'm sure I was blessed with two lovely women because I too would probably kill uh, my son. Uh, <laughs> Because I can tell you there are times that uh, I feel that way about my precious little girls. Um, so, uh, but uh, it, it is a great reminder of that, you know, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. And uh, I can come at, and I have uh, come at my children with iron. And, uh, you know, it typically... Uh, and I've come at others with iron. And you know, you can be brutally honest, you can use uh, brute force, um, and you may ultimately get uh, the result that you're looking for, but the method and the, the lesson that is learned in that is not necessarily what we're supposed to be. We're teaching them and impressing upon them. It's not a demand because we know the Lord uh, is a gentleman. We've got to ask. He's gonna, not going to impose his will on us. And we'll talk about that. We'll jump down here in a moment. Uh, but it is about us making sure that as we're teaching our children, spouses, as we're going along that journey, uh, that we're we may be rubbing them against uh, a surface to sharpen them, refine them, but we've got to wet that surface so that it stays smooth uh, and it doesn't uh, chip, scratch, scar, uh, leaves any type of imperfection in that blade. Uh, and uh, so we're supposed to dil diligently uh, impress upon them in their minds and hearts of children and we shall, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. As I think several years ago, we did a marriage conference and we started talking about doing things intentionally and making sure that, uh, you know, we're not just doing things haphazard. I've given an example before of, you know, when you have little girls, and I'm sure little boys, they can get a scratch that as an adult, you know, does not warrant a Band-Aid. Uh, it, it is just a useless expenditure of a resource uh, that we should save for when you need a Band-Aid. Uh, but uh, inevitably, You'll usually give in and say, okay, I'll get you the Band-Aid. 
and, and put it on. But uh, a lot of times what I try to do, even in a situation like that where maybe it doesn't, it's a small thing, we're going to ask, we're going to pray, let's pray real quick. Because I want to impress and teach them that our response, even to the small things, is prayer. And I can give you a recent story. Just this past week, we were out, and uh, Siobhan, uh, you know, she wanted to have her purse. Um, she's carrying around a purse now. She's 10 years old. Uh, and, of course, it had all of her wonderful little things in it, uh, and she left it. We had moved on. Um, and we were getting ready to, to leave another area. I said, do you have your purse? No, I don't have it. Well, where, where was it? Uh, where was the last place you saw it? You had it here. Where did it go? Uh, and she said, I don't know. I think it's back here. I said, well, let, let's go back and look. And obviously she's upset. She's worried. Uh, I've lost my purse, all my things in it. Um, and we get back to the place. They say, oh, yep, it's just right up here. And she says, thank you, God. And I looked down at her. I said, did you pray? She said, I've been praying the whole time. And it's in that instance that you recognize that when you're deliberate in how you're teaching them to respond to even something small or as replaceable as, I could have replaced everything in that purse that she had. There was nothing uh, that was one of a kind, but her response at 10 years old is starting to respond to even a small thing like that, that I'm gonna pray. And that's building faith and confidence that, man, there's gonna come a day when I'm gonna have to have the Lord step in a big way and I'm gonna have the confidence and the boldness to ask that and know that he's going to come through for me uh, according to his will. Uh, and so it goes on to continue to say, and when you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets, forehead bands between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, we saw when we went to Israel, is it the rabbi's sons that that are typically doing it, where they're wrapping cords and tying scripture to their forehead. And, and we have uh, several um, mezuzahs uh, which go on the doorposts and they're a blessing uh, as you enter and exit. Uh, and uh, it, it is, again, instilling and reminding uh, that the Lord is our God. We've got to love him. And if we'll skip down to verse 25, it says, And it will be accounted as righteousness, conformity to God's will in word, thought, and action. For us, if we are watchful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us to do. And I can stand here and attest that I was taught, I was uh, impressed uh, to love the Lord with all my heart, to make this my number one priority, 
Uh, and I'm still here today serving the Lord. I'm thankful for parents that instilled that in me. I'm thankful for uh, a church body uh, that over the 34 years of my life has shown me, and many faces uh, unfortunately are gone, but there are still many faces that I remember from childhood that are still here uh, and are showing uh, what it is that you can, you know, everything else in life when you get older, you gotta stop doing as much. But to see uh, many of our seniors still leading in worship, still leading in prayer, uh, and being involved in the work around the church uh, is continuing to teach me and impress me to be that for the next generation. Uh, so regardless of whether you're a father today uh, or whether you're a man, the Lord our God is one Lord. We've got to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, and be intentional about what we're doing and how it impresses and teaches those around us, inspires the next generation. We're blessed. Great word. Let's stand. I appreciate all of our men. If you are a man, Brother Larry has some pins and father, grandfather, just a man here in the church. We give you a church pin. I, I, if you didn't get one this morning, you're welcome to have one. I do appreciate all of those that were here this morning, donuts for dads, all of our young men. And I, I know <clears throat> being a father does change your thinking it changes your sense of responsibility and as my dad said this morning of leadership and because you are now a priest for the family but even when you get married there is a priesthood transfer of mantle of authority and I I appreciate all of these young men that spoke tonight and all of our young men and I I, I think it would do us good if we would just <clears throat> pray together that the Lord would bless our church. I, I, we have amazing men, and I appreciate all of these. And I, as I said, I could we could have them all speak, but um, let's pray for all of them and all their families. Everybody's going through a test, but I'm thankful for a heavenly Father, aren't you? Let's pray together for all of them. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for all of our young men, their families.